Hello, Jonesers. This is Steve here. I'm just uh, giving you a little warning at the beginning of this. I accidentally forgot to turn on my microphone before I started recording RoboCop here. I mean, I've only done this like 95 times, so, you know, I'm, I'm still getting used to it. But I am sorry for the poor audio for about 14, 15 minutes of this. But after that, it goes back to normal, and then you can hear me stumbling through words nice and clear. All right, enjoy RoboCop. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. And I'm Matt. And we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art, trailers, and behind the scenes. Woo! Who's ready for Robo Jesus? Robocop. We made it. We did it. We got to like one of the mains. We got to like. This is Paul Verhogen flexing. We get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you, Robocop. This guy is really good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. All Detroit has a cancer. Cancer is crime. Let the woman go. You are under arrest. You, you better back up, pal. Your move, creep. What are your prime directives? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. What is this shit? Anything you say may be used against you. He's a cyborg, you idiot. You recorded every word you said. You're dead. We killed you. His memory's admissible as evidence. You're gonna have to kill it. Get in the car, for God's sake! Robocop, the future of law enforcement. Yes, flexing his nuts, as I said in the last episode. Uh, yeah, no, like this is this is like, I mean, for like listeners, VHS culture, every this is like, this is the movie. This is the this is the one we all saw when we were too young to see it, and like changed our lives. This is one that like was like, I'm gonna like dark stuff. <laughs> Robocop, Terminator Two, so many of these. Yes, where it's just. Robots and death. Yes. I always consider Terminator 2 and RoboCop to be like the two greatest movies of all time. Not ever saying my favorites, but just like definers, man. Like, <laughs> well, it's so many movies rip Terminator and RoboCop off that you kind of forget, like, yeah, they're so iconic. They, It's like Jurassic Park, where it's just like so many directed videos did this shit where they sold us on a great cover and it was a dog shit. Right. These on the other hand, 
They they are the fucking pinnacle. Yes. And th- this is maybe my favorite cyberpunk movie. I don't know. I go I go back and forth between this and Terminator 2. I think Terminator 2 is like my favorite and then this one is a very close second. And then like my third is Terminator 1. You know, like yeah, I think T2 though is just like to me is above Cyberpunk because it's like it is the top. It's the best. Yeah. But this is still it, fucking awesome. Like It's so shiny that I forget it's Cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it is that. Now the first the first Terminator that's like and i'll take robocop over the first terminator i will too but it's very close because they're all fucking amazing (laughs) uh this one just got everything right everything the ultra violent the fucking badass suit the you know we had stop motion animation we had characters that are just grimy as i mean i'll buy that for a dollar yeah is the greatest like joke that isn't funny in a movie but it's funny because it's not funny it's commentary it's it's very good very well done social commentary like perfectly done perfectly done they have fine-tuned it in this movie yes he uses the news i mean we start off this well we can't get into the movie right now because we we've just got to talk about this tape yeah so what what we cracked into here was the 2000 uh, re-release of it so that was when all three came out with the silver boxes um and it says uh uh robocop on the side uh and robocop is front and center and then it's like the the whole silver everything for the tape box and robocop 2 had this and robocop 3 had this and this 2000 re-release so this isn't robocop getting out of the car like the original yeah. poster this is just him standing there <laughs> and what's really funny about this this um the cover of the old vhs is peter weller couldn't get in that car in the suit that's why he's outside of the car like that in this shot nice because what they wanted was well it ended up they're like well we'll just have him appearing to be getting out of the the cop car to come get you you know he's coming to get the bad guys but really he's just like peter weller's like i can't get in the car (laughs) i can't bend that way (laughs) we'll just do this yeah um <laughs> and it worked it's like it's perfect it's one of the best vhs's that aren't you know or that is not a painting yeah it's a good photo good still turned poster yeah. for sure uh, it, it tells you everything about the movie in one production still without going i mean it's just hey it's a fucking dude in a robot suit who's a cop yeah, who's he's coming to get all the bad guys. Like if the title didn't give that away already. Like, but RoboCop looks so cool. Just like in yes. this in this 2000 re-release and in the original poster, I don't care uh, any kid. Any kid is going to pick this up and be like, "What's this?" <laughs> and honestly, if Todd at the at the front didn't tell you that this was ultraviolet, every parent This is what always amazed me was it does not tell you that this is ultra violent r it doesn't say super hard r you know what i mean nothing about that it looks like a like a movie that like is a little hard edge but kids can watch like gremlins yeah you know you're like oh it's pg-13 i bet parents didn't even look to see if this was r yeah it it has that feel and like it's naturally attractive to kids but robocop looking so cool um 
And then, yeah, nothing about a guy in a suit like this would ever sort of indicate that, like, <laughs> people would be getting limbs and shit blown off. Um, but uh, this movie's brutal. Uh, I, I think maybe parents thought, like, it'd be more like a Terminator 2, which is a violent movie, but, like, yeah. kids can watch Terminator 2. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's an R movie. You tell the kids it's going to be violent. It's going to be bloody. This movie <laughs> this is movie, savage. This movie shocks me every time how violent it is. Yes, the the uh, the the scene when he becomes Robocop or when he gets killed makes me sick every time I watch it. It's so shocking. It's just it's so gnarly. It's so savage. It's so I love what I love about Verhoeven, and I talk about it in uh, Starship Troopers. What I love about him as a filmmaker is his attention to the fragility of the body and how breakable we all are and how easily broken we all are <laughs> like i love that about his movies and i also love that the way he talks about it is he doesn't get it because he makes the violence so over the top that he finds it you know it's just absurd Whoop, drop the tape <laughs> people, people shouldn't look at this and, and find it you know He's wrong <laughs> because his violence is so real. Right. But he doesn't see it that way because it's so over the top. No, no. Your violence is nasty. Yeah, this I, is... I think your violence is more real than almost anyone else. Yeah, no, that's what, the reality of it. Like, when his, when he gets his hand blown off, it looks like somebody getting their hand blown off. It doesn't look like... It's like it's his hand it remains of it or whatever when he like is looking at his arm. It's like the pictures you see of people that get like fireworks with their hand blown off. Like That's what it looks like. like. And Paul Verhoeven also doesn't hide behind this story. I hear directors a lot of times, they're like, well, the reason I use this violence is because I have to tell the story. Paul Verhoeven, on the other hand, just goes, no, I like violence. <laughs> Violent movies are fun. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's just so I guess European about it. He's just like, why? I, I love it. Yeah. That's why I do it. And he's like, and it's so over the top, it shouldn't make people feel, you know, <laughs> what he said was, it's so over the top, people shouldn't take it as real. And I'm like, no, no, that's not how <laughs> American audiences work at all. <laughs> uh, uh, they get scared and they go and they get their pitchforks and then they go to the Senate. Yeah, right. And, but, then, and then they blame the movies for everybody else's problems. But nevertheless, <laughs> and that's what this movie's talking about, though. Yeah. That's what, the news is where the horror really is, and that's what this movie is saying. I've heard him say that too. That's why he uses the yes because that's the true horror. Yes, and then like the commercials, you know, like Newcom and stuff. Like you're bringing, you're bringing the terror home with you. You know, like you're like it's not. Yeah, I don't know. The movies aren't doing it. We're the problem. <laughs> Newcom. That's a game I want. <laughs> so fucking Nuke Red alert. Red alert. Red alert. You crossed my line of debt. You haven't dismantled your MX stockpile. Pakistan is threatening my border. That's it, Buster. No more military aid. Nuke Get them before they get you. Another quality home game from Butler Brothers. Uh, Which, but the game looks very complicated. Yes, I don't know if I would understand how to play, but I would like to see the explosion every time. <laughs> so, 
Read the description. Well, I guess describe the box. Yeah, the I kind of already talked yeah. about it. Like the front is just RoboCop silver. Everything's silver and it says RoboCop. Um, so we flip over to the back here. Uh, the best action movie of the year, says the Los Angeles Times. One of the best action movies ever. Now we're, we're, in, retro we're in retrospect here. Um, there's a new law enforcer in town, and he's half man, half machine. From the director of Total Recall and Basic Instinct comes a sci-fi fantasy with sleek, high-powered drive, Time Magazine, uh, about a high-tech, indestructible policeman who dishes out justice at every turn. When a good cop, Peter Weller, gets blown away by some ruthless criminals, innovative scientists and doctors are able to piece him back together as an unstoppable crime-fighting cyborg called RoboCop. Impervious to bullets and bombs and equipped with high-tech weaponry, RoboCop quickly makes a name for himself by cleaning the crime-ridden streets of a violence-ravaged Detroit. But despite his new hardened exterior... That's funny. Uh, RoboCop is tormented by scraps of memory left of his former life oh, and relives. Scraps. Yeah, that's good too. Hardened exterior, so really good. Uh, relives vivid nightmares of his own death at the hands of the vicious killers. Now he is out to seek more than justice. He wants revenge. Fast, furious, and entertaining. L.A. Daily News. RoboCop is a fiercely paced action film, Screen International, that doesn't let up on the thrills. This entire environment of this movie is just madness i love it that, now this is kind of what last action hero when he walks into the police station is this what he's mocking or is it oh what absolutely he's yeah. absolutely okay. like this I, is... I didn't know if he was mocking this one or like lethal weapon i think we get we get the uh police captain which is several other movies but yeah. the look i think of the police station is robocop and it also has to be super mario brothers correct what? i mean obviously super mario brothers is like wacky police station but when they first walk into the desk and it's got the girl with like the high heels oh like, yeah yeah the robocop absolutely RoboCop, absolutely this, like everything that could possibly be going on like, i can't i can't stand the police station but i love it at the same time this movie, every scene, every shot is so carefully thought out mm -hmm. and so crafted. That's why this movie is so fucking perfect and iconic. Because everything, everything, like the, you, down to the police station, down to the characters that are in the police station doing different things in the background is all on purpose. And it's all so smart. And also, this is the beginning of the Paul Verhoeven, Paul Verhoeven like, staples. We have the co-ed, the, the co-ed locker room. Yep. We have the news just telling us all the completely horrible things going on. Yes. We have desensitized characters to violence. Where yes. Violence is happening around them, and it's just like, this is, this is life. Yeah. Am I missing one? There's got to be more. I mean, just the, the violence in oh, general then, too. Yeah. yeah. The the fragility of the body, ultraviolence, that stuff. But, but yeah, this and, is... And the city not understanding that what's happening is not normal. Yeah. But... It's normal to them now because they're just so used to it, in a way. Right, and that's that's Detroit, and that's Detroit now. That was Detroit then. Like, it's just, that's well, this, Detroit. This is like Detroit ramped up to, like, 21. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, was, I was in Detroit a few years ago, and it's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oops. Uh... <laughs> So, with, did we have any trailers on this? So we had the, uh, you guys have definitely seen this if you've ever watched the VHS, the MGM Means Great Movies montage no. that starts the, the classic. Uh, so we see snippets of uh, Silence of the Lambs, Raging Bull, this, uh, the first Terminator, uh, Chucky's in there for a second. 
um, you know, they, I, I think they tailor the, the different, uh, montage to the different movies. So we definitely get like the nerd one on this one. Whereas like, if you watch like a drama, you get more of like the musicals and the drama on another, but it, it's the same montage. You've seen it a hundred times and it's got all, all the movies from the black and white stuff to now of, or at least till 2000 of the, uh, MGM movies. Oh, MGM. You're so wacky. I mean, <laughs> you, you paired up with Canon and then you go right off into Orion, which Orion is, you know, much more, much better. I mean, they had, I, I think Terminator was All right. Orion. I think so. The first one. Yeah. And then obviously Robocop and Bill and Ted. I mean, they've got so many, they had such a run. I think they even did, did Orion do, no, they didn't do, um, Prince of Thieves. That wasn't Orion. No, no, it? no, no. That we watched, we watched it. That was, uh. The Paramount? No, that was, that was, uh, Warner Brothers, but that, what is it? Morgan Creek? The Morgan water? Creek. Oh, yeah, yep. that's right. Yep. Yeah. Well, anyway, Orion just had a run in the late, well, even the mid-80s to early 90s. Yeah, they had a run. That logo is iconic. When that, yeah. <laughs> when those little stars start spinning and it says Orion, and then we kick into the fucking, uh, well, it just says we see the city, we see RoboCop, then we get the, the newscast. <laughs> and that newscast sets the world perfectly. Yes. I mean, it's incredible what's going on. This is Media Break. You give us three minutes, and we'll give you the world. Good morning. I'm Casey Wong with Jess Perkins. Top story, Pretoria. The threat of nuclear confrontation in South Africa escalated today when the ruling white military government of that besieged city-state unveiled a French-made neutron bomb and affirmed its willingness to use the three-megaton device as the city's last line of defense. And the president's first press conference from the Star Wars orbiting peace platform got off to a shaky start when power failed, causing a brief but harmless period of weightlessness for the visiting president and his staff. We'll be back in a moment. Well, I just found out that my microphone wasn't on for the first <laughs> 14 minutes of this. Sorry. Uh, you'll be able to hear me a lot better instead of being like way off in the background. Just shouting at me. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm in a cave. Yes, yes. Shouting uh, your RoboCop opinions at me. <laughs> well, it's been a while. This is the first recording time between you and I in a while. I two months -ish. Maybe even three. Maybe three, yeah. Two and a half. Somewhere in that region, yeah. We've. Well, I'll we've... see what I can do at the beginning. Uh, try to fix it, but it's probably going to sound like shit. And then uh, everyone's been like, wow, they've almost done 100 episodes. This is trash. <laughs> uh it happens you know it happens to the best of us and and the rest of us so we're 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 living and learning it's all good you know what isn't trash detroit in this movie oh wait no it is <laughs> oof uh, uh we just lost all of our detroit listeners hey man i like i said earlier uh i've been in detroit recently and like it's bad, but like I feel bad for the people. Like I don't think the people of Detroit are the problem. <laughs> I think the people of Detroit are just trying to live, man. <laughs> so Detroit listeners, I'm with you. I got your back. <laughs> well, Detroit's got a disease, and you know what that is? Crime. And you know what the cure is? Robocop. Steel. <laughs> just fucking bullets. This is Reagan's uh, solution to everything. Just shoot it. Yeah. Woo. What I what I like 
about this movie besides it being sort of like the the crime cleaning up movie is that it turns into a revenge movie uh i lo- you guys know i love revenge movies but this is this has everything it has it all you you have the setup you've got you've got robocop you know being killed and being made then being used then the revenge like it just has it all it has everything i asked for in a movie <laughs> and you can really tell it's from the same writer of um starship troopers yes it has that same social commentary um it's done so well that's ed newmeyer mm-hmm. who did that um god what a what a talent <laughs> what a good writer but he's basically i mean he did all the starship trooper movies which i mean after the first one they go really downhill uh, i haven't seen him in a long time but i remember thinking the second one was okay and then i never saw any of the other ones so so but i mean when you got robocop and you got starship troopers you're fine yeah, you're good. You've got literally two of the best movies ever. So, <laughs> yeah, especially when it comes to us. Uh, so we we set this up. Uh, it is OCP ends up buying the police station, police and force, police force. Yeah, they. It is a corporate run police force, and I believe it's even farther than this. They just don't go into it in the movie because it would just go too far. But they're supposedly supposed to own the fire, the firemen, and. A lot of the government inside of it. So this was also a fear that the government would be corporate run. Yes. Um, so whatever. I, I don't want to go into all that, but from this movie, it's terrifying. Right. Yeah. It's and it's a it's a security company. So it's a very successful security company, and they've sold guns to the military and stuff like that. They are the ones that come to buy the police force. And I don't know if there's anything more terrifying than that. <laughs> yeah. Where they're basically just... It's almost like they're recording... This is them showing off their weapons to sell to the military. Yes. Because that's exactly what Ed209's point is. Yes. he's At one point, Dick Jones, which is the main bad guy in this, is just like, it does, I don't give a shit if it works. All it has to do is appear to work, and then I can fucking military contracts for 30 years. Yeah. Yes. That's terrifying. Yes. Yes, and it and it works so well in this movie. The the moment that, the sort of the first ultra violent moment in the movie is when Ed two hundred nine turns, and that moment where like he just like shoots up the guy and blows that guy apart is just like, it slingshots you into what this movie's gonna be. Mm-hmm. I do love that this movie was so smart that, like critics didn't get it. Yeah. They did not understand that they were mocking corporation. I don't know how. This same thing with Starship Troopers. I do not know how you do not understand that this is mocking corporations. It's mocking yuppies. And it's mocking the entire justice system. All at the same time. And with uh, Starship Troopers, it was mocking, uh, you know, war. Yeah. Military, war, you know. And, and, and the propaganda and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. like... I think it's just that when you're in it, this movie's so timely. When you're in it, you don't see it. But with like hindsight is twenty twenty. Like yeah. when we watch this in the nineties and now and stuff like that, we're like, oh yeah, that was like that was the Reagan eighties, man. <laughs> like, no doubt. I that, mean, people that is, were making money left and right. They did not care about how it would affect everyone else around them. It was like yuppie. The writer described it as yuppies with teeth. Yeah, like they were just sharks. Yes. Yuppie scum. Like, yeah. that's that's the 
That's the uh, more of the villains. There's so many bad guys in this movie because you you have Ronnie Cox, uh, uh, Dick Jones. Dick Jones. Yeah. You have um, you have Clarence as uh, well. Clarence is just a, he's like one dimensional. I'm bad because I like to be bad. Yes. Uh, and then you have uh, uh, Miguel Ferrer's character, the ultimate yuppie scum. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have like three bad guys in this movie that are so watchable and so good. I would actually say though, like. Uh, Clarence is pretty one-dimensional. I would say, though, he is probably my top favorite bad guy in a oh, movie. Absolutely, he's, he's the worst because he's like the Joker. He's, yes, he just wants to see shit burn, and he's not embarrassed to tell everyone. Yes, that he wants to be a bad guy, and he likes it, and it's Fuck, fun. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm having a good time. <laughs> like when he kills the yuppie. Fuck, what was the character's name? I forgot. I forget his the character's name. But damn it, what is his name? Let's look it up. It's Bob Morton. Yeah, Bob Morton. So when he kills Bob Morton, Clarence is just having so much fun. How you doing? Bitches leave. Gee, Bobby. Bye. You gonna call me? What the fuck are you doing? Do you know who I am? If you think you're gonna get away with this, you gotta. Ah! God damn it! Ah! 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 Stop! I'll give you anything you want. Just please, please don't kill me, alright? Hello, buddy boy. Dick Jones here. I guess you're on your knees about now, begging for your life. Pathetic. You don't feel so cocky now, do you, Bob? Whatever he's paying you, I'll double it right now. You know what the tragedy is here, Bob? We could have been friends, but you wouldn't go through proper channels. You went over my head. That hurt. But life goes on. It's an old story, the fight for love and glory, huh, Bob? It helps if you think of it as a game, Bob. Every game has a winner and a loser. I'm cashing you out, Bob. He's like, Sorry, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing personal. Nothing but personal. I'm just fucking just stick this grenade right here and walk away and watch yep. you die. Yep. Yep. Like, he doesn't care. He doesn't even really stick around. He blows up the house and he's good. No, he's he like, that's a job. Away. That was a job. I had to do that. It's done. Yeah. And Dick Jones is, the, you know, like the real bad guy. He's He is the boss bad guy, yeah. basically, of the movie. Um, well, Parf liked him. Parf was a fan. I'm a fan too. <laughs> I'm a fan of every character in this movie. Yes. Everybody's good. Um, we didn't even talk about uh, um, Nancy Allen as uh, Lewis, his partner. Wait, oh, this is another uh, Paul Verhoeven staple. He likes to take characters that have been something else in all their movies and then let them not, you know, just kill that um, cliche that they had. Because she was 
you know, the beautiful red curls. Yeah, Carrie and uh, the De Palma movies. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like that's what she I was. Mean, she was the pretty. Uh, and then she was always the pretty character. And she was a very pretty actress. And she still looks great. And she's like 60. Yeah. Yeah. And he had her be like the the tough cop partner. Mm-hmm. The first thing he said to her is like, you got to cut that hair if you want to be in my movie. She's like, okay. and then, But she always apologizes. I'm sorry that I chose the worst haircut. <laughs> it was 87. No, we can't. We just, this yeah. is what happened. <laughs> She's like, I don't even know who I got to cut my hair. But when I showed up on set and I saw the first set of dailies, she's like, I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three movies later, <laughs> she had to keep it. <laughs> I do wonder why. Well, I, I don't know why. Why she kept the same haircut every time. It was the character then, and that was Lewis. Yeah, but characters can grow their hair. <laughs> anyway. That was her look. Yeah. No, but she's great in yeah. this movie. Uh, not in it enough, but that is made up for in the sequels. Um, but she's great in this. Well, she... I believe that she's tough, even though she even says, she's like, oh, I'm glad I tricked everyone, because I am not tough. This is all acting. <laughs> yeah, but she she comes off like easy. Like she's just like she's a cop. She's been a cop for a while, and is that bubble gum? When she pops that bubble gum after he, after uh, Peter Weller steals the uh, driver's seat, he's like, "Ah, oh, I like to break in my new partners." Whatever he says like yeah. that, and she just pops that bubble gum right away. I was like, "Yeah, she's gonna kick some ass." Yeah, she don't care. Like she's not like pissed about it. She's just like, "Whatever, whatever, rookie." Yeah. You think uh, you're tough shit? Just wait. Like I've seen some shit. <laughs> but like one another thing this movie does so well is it gives you sort of uh, uh, Murphy's life uh, before being RoboCop without actually having to show you any of it. Like it mm-hmm. does a little bit in the flashbacks, but like you know Alex Murphy before he dies. You know him. You know him. He sa- He mentions that he's doing this thing for his kid. You know, his, his kid likes to show, so he's trying to do the thing. Yeah. He's he's tough, but he is kind of, he's still kind of green. He's still kind of like wide-eyed and bushy-tail mm-hmm. a little bit. You get you get all of this just from the great acting that Peter Weller mm-hmm. is doing here. You I don't, think the, you don't need to know. They don't need to tell you everything. You know everything you need to know about him. The one line that really sold it for me, and it's so well-placed, is where he goes, he sees where he's transferred on, he goes... We work down here, Murphy. We work for a living down yeah. here, Murphy. And like that one line, I was like, done. I know it. I get it. He came from a softer place. Yeah. He was hot shot yeah. there, but there was nothing happening there. So he goes to the war. Yeah. So he goes to Detroit. war. Yeah. And like you, by the time he dies, it is so heartbreaking because you have this whole picture of a life for mm-hmm. him before he dies. Again, without that, the movie showing you any of that yet. Yeah, I don't think it showed the wife or the kid yet nope. at all. Those come later with the flashbacks, but you know his whole story just from the character before he dies, from the performance and from the script. It's that's how yeah. you fucking do that. That's that's I, show don't tell. I do wonder how I reacted as a kid watching this, because like as an adult watching this, I've said it just shocks me every time how ultra violent this is, and when they. They're in the steel mill, the abandoned steel mill or something like that. And when they blow off his hand, wow. It makes me sick every time I watch it. Every time. It's too much. It's too much. It's 
too real. It's too real. It's I uncomfortable. I imagine that's exactly what a hand being blown off from a shotgun from five feet away looks like. Right. Woo! And then him getting sort of just like ripped apart by bullets like they literally blow off his arm and then like and then they shoot him in the head it's so graphic even the bad guys after they shoot them all up there's a moment of like wow we just did that and he's still alive like he's like hey clarence he's still alive like what do we do and clarence just puts him out of his misery misery but man when he shoots that robotic peter weller yikes yeah yeah it's it's pretty fucking it's a brutal scene. Yeah. It's brutal. And uh, that's what I mean by Robo Jesus. He's crucified. Yeah, and then he is brought back to life. Yeah. With uh <laughs> lose the other arm. That's such a funny like bit in there oh, when, yeah. uh, when they're like <laughs> Well they they have no he has no humanity. I thought we were gonna get rid of this arm. Yeah. Lose it. And yeah. then you they shut off Robocop and he comes back and he, even the the female doctor like kisses him yeah his visor yeah you don't know anything about her but you kind of already know her character you know she's a workaholic right yeah i mean that's why they're having new year's eve party in front of a fucking cyborg right and in front of their literal like life's work (laughs) sorry this would be an android because you can see the metal uh Ah. whatever I think cyborgs are Terminator, where you can't tell. It's all underneath. And then cyborgs are when... An, uh, or, but androids, you can see androids, it. Androids, you can see it. Gotcha. Whatever. But, uh, and then the, the, the choice of they have the visor, which fucking looks awesome. Rob Bottin's design of Robocop is one of the best designs ever. And Rob Bottin absolutely hated working with Paul Verhoeven in this. Well, Rob Bottin seems to kind of hate everybody that he works with, though. <laughs> he seems well, to, because he's a perfectionist, and well, he's fucking amazing at what he does. Well, it's because he had an entire suit set up off the original designs, and then Paul Verhoeven comes down there and goes, this is not what I wanted at all. And he's like, uh, this is exactly what you wanted. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, and Paul Verhoeven is like, this is my fault. I, I, I'm surprised he didn't quit. I can't believe he didn't quit. But they said once he finally nailed it, he walked in, he goes, this is exactly what I wanted. And that's what, like, Rob Bottini is like, I fucking hate this man. Because he had no idea what he wanted. Right, right. It was one of the clients where you work with, like, I'll know what I want when I see it. Right. No. It's, yeah. Nobody likes working with those people. <laughs> well, because the, one of the original designs that was signed off on was, like, a Judge Dread look. <laughs> and when they saw it, they are like, this is awful. And yeah. He, yeah, he just wanted to chop Paul Verhoeven's head off. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like once once we got to it, once yeah. we got to the design, it's such a good and it's so smart because then when sort of uh, Murphy discovers his humanity, the visor comes off, mm-hmm. and, and then yeah. you see his face. Then the re- the rest of the movie, um, so smart, so smart. And Peter Weller suffered for this role, and his performance is fucking amazing. Yeah, I, he's you know he said this is, um, there's only four or five movies he said he's proud of he's like i've done a lot of movies i'm not proud of four or five that i am and this is one of them it is the he says it's it's probably his best role that's debatable you can figure it out but he's just like i'm just so proud of this yeah and all of them said they would never do this movie again (laughs) but but they would they're glad they did but they couldn't do it that's what it was because they shot this in texas when it was over 100 degrees 
Peter Weller was basically losing like 10 pounds of liquid a day, and then he had a pound. I mean, they had to have, you know, like air conditioning pumped into his suit because it was form-fitting. That's the reason they picked him, because they wanted Michael Ironside. But Michael Ironside was too big for a suit because he just looked bloated. So they went with Peter Weller because not only was he physically gifted and a good actor, he was skinny. Yeah. Yeah, and he he is the physicality of it. He is RoboCop. The way he turns, the way he moves, you know, that we we don't get performances like this anymore. No, you know, he hired his own um, movement choreographer. Yeah, and then like they had to shut down production for two days because Peter Weller was so upset because the suit did not move. It didn't allow him to move how he wanted to, and he was so mad at Paul Verhoeven. He's like, I can't do this. I have to figure out how to move in this suit to create this movement. And Paul Verhoeven was an asshole in this shoot. He says, like, this is this is where I learned how to direct because everything I did in the first half of this movie, I was the worst. And he goes, I'm crazy. I admit it. And there's a lot of actors and actresses that won't work with him again. But once they see what they get on... I like you get, you get this, though. Yeah. <laughs> Sharon Stone said, if, you know, Basic Instinct wasn't as good as it was she never would have worked with that fucking psycho again yeah but that movie's amazing <laughs> and she's crazy so who cares yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just man talk about suffering for your craft it's just this movie's perfect yeah i i mean just like near the end of the movie when uh when it's the shootout in the warehouse before um they, f- they fuck up all the uh, bad guys. Um, <laughs> Ro- Robocop gets like shot from behind it when he does that like turn. Mm-hmm. Like that's so specific. It's so iconic. Like, yeah, you just don't see actors disappearing in physicality of like these kind of parts anymore. And he also took the role when his face would be covered up half the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, that's like, <laughs> I can't believe, even believe this. As... So they were looking for actors who had the physical ability first. And once they're like, okay, Michael Ironside is just not going to work, even though that's what they wanted is Mm. his bottom half of his face. Uh, Paul Verhoeven also is just like, I really liked Michael Ironside. I wanted to get him in almost every role I could get him in, which he ended up doing later on in Total Recall and Starship. But um, (laughs) they even considered Chuck Norris. (laughs) Chuck Norris... (laughs) This blows my mind because Chuck Norris has been very vocal of like, I won't do a movie where I cover up my face. And he has a beard, an iconic beard. Yeah. So someone wrote his agent, would he consider shaving the beard? <laughs> they didn't even write them back. Yeah, of course. You know, <laughs> but thank God. And he could get a call back. He's like, I wrote him and called him. The agent wouldn't call him back. It's just like. No, I'm not shaving my beard. Thank God, because Chuck Norris is terrible and Peter Weller's so good. <laughs> I think that's at the point where they're just reaching out to all the like leading males they they could consider. Because he also is like, let's get Arnold. And Arnold's like, I would have never done this. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with the suit or covering up his face. He's just like, I can't do that. Yeah. That's not who I am. Yeah, he's, he already is too big yeah. like that you need you need somebody like peter weller here yeah. uh so yeah all this going in and rob Bottin putting together such a sleek suit in a dirty world yeah i think that was smart too mm-hmm. made him stand out he was different from the world he was in well and the design of ed 209 to robocop was interesting too because they're like 
they wanted Ed 209 just to be a big, dumb tank. Which he is, because he can't yeah. even walk downstairs. That's, that's so funny. <laughs> that's, that's and funny. he cries when he can't make it, when he yeah. falls down the stairs. <laughs> I don't understand. I love it, but I don't understand it first. Clearly, once they saw it at 209 and what Phil Tippett was doing. Well, Phil Tippett is also a perfectionist. Yes. So he was so disappointed. He even says, like, he can barely watch the first time Ed 209 comes into the room to blow the guy away. It's like, drop your weapon. You have 20 seconds to comply. He's like, oh, I'm just embarrassed watching that. But, like... (laughs) Us watching it as an audience, like, it's like one of the most incredible things ever. There's so many details and moving parts on that thing yeah, yeah. that like like the legs specifically, like where the hydraulics are and like mm-hmm. the wheels are turning to make the hydraulics move. It's like the level of detail that went into it is insane. Well, the designer, the wife, I think it was a couple that helped, you know, that built and designed that. And Phil Tippett was so mad because... They put too many details in it. He's like, this is fucking going to take forever. He's like, now I got to animate all these pieces. (laughs) And he's just like, so they ended up designing Ed 209 to look as little human-like as possible. That's why his legs are more bird-like. But what I don't understand is why they made him like roar like a dinosaur and a lion. I feel like that was like a Dick Jones choice. Like make him intimidating and have him make animal sounds. But then like if, if... it's hilariously paid off when he is like crying when he falls down the stairs well, this is <laughs> and making animal sounds is like his cries. And something else Phil Tippett was mad about was, so the original um, design of the very front of Head 209, the grill, which honestly makes no sense why you'd have a grill right in front because you just shoot the grill and the yeah. thing would go down. But it looked like a smile. So Phil Tippett flipped it. He's just like, yeah, now it looks more intimidating. It's like at first it looked like it was laughing at you. Uh, but I do love how the original designers are like, we didn't notice that at all. It was just so fucking hard to build this <laughs> and animate it. But it's so, Ed 209's perfect. Yeah, no, like that's another great like villain, I guess, of the movie. Um, and I love the fact that like Bob Morton, who is going up against Dick Jones, which is like another whole subplot we get in this movie and thank God we do. We yeah. need it. It's necessary. Um I love that Bob Morton is the one who builds or has like this concept for RoboCop. He is the reason we get RoboCop, but he is also a scumbag. Like he's so he's doing the right thing, but for the wrong reason. Yeah. He just wants to be rich and successful and like the head of the company. Yeah, He wants to get to the top and he goes, this is the quickest way to get to the top. He doesn't give a shit about the person, even even once um, the old man, as they call him, I forget the character's name, um, even when he approves it, he's like, how fast can you do it? He just says, we can have it up and running in 90 days. <laughs> then the guy goes, well, who's going to be in it? And he's just like, oh, we'll just wait for someone to volunteer. And then it cuts straight to Peter Weller, just Murphy getting fucking Annihilated. destroyed. Yeah. And it, it's funny because he has... Bob Weller has no true human characteristics except consuming. Right. He is the ultimate 80s yuppie scumbag. And it's so, it's so weird because it, even even the bad guys all are like completely different. You got the wisecracking uh, 
black character who just wants to get the cool car. Yeah. And he, that actor, I've heard him talk. He's just like, yeah, I wanted a one-dimensional character that just wants to be cool. Yeah. He's a bad guy, so he can can, can become cool. Right. And then you have the depressing one who gets like the toxic waste. Yeah. He was, his whole point of his character is like, nothing's working out. So the only thing he has is to be bad. Right. And then you go to the good-looking... Ray Wise in the yeah, movie. Which it's just amazing. He's just like... He had his character down. He's just like, oh, that guy? No, he just wants to get laid. Yeah, he's he is the Ted Bundy sociopath. He's hot, yeah. just, just in it for the ladies, but also a murdering psychopath. And then <laughs> you have Clarence, who's bad just to be bad. Who is, yeah, the Joker, the agent of chaos, the yeah. anarchy. The leader. And, yeah, and God... Like I said, my probably my favorite bad guy ever, ever. And it's funny because they're so one-dimensional, but at the same time, there's there's so much color. Yeah, like Cla- Clarence is having so much fun doing what he does. He loves it. He's wisecracking and he's he's charismatic, and he's 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 having fun. But he's so evil, and there's so much evil behind his eyes. Yeah. Like he's so evil. And all four of them partied together. That's how they came up with this whole gang. Because Palmer Hogan and the writer, they both were like. We just, you know, wanted some bad guys. We but there's no idea they do this. The fact that they're kind of one dimensional on paper, but three dimensional, like with the performances, yeah, is really exciting and really fun in this movie. And if you can hear the rain in the background, uh, Chicago has decided to turn into, I don't know, Oregon. Yeah, we we just get uh, sixty degree summers and rain now. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. Uh, so. And then it's humid as hell. Yeah. And when, when you walk home, you're going to be sweating immediately. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> well, my, um, the dog and I hate it, too. Yeah. No, it's like, yeah. like you can't win this summer. <laughs> and you can't win in Detroit. <laughs> you can't win in Detroit unless you got RoboCop, either. All right. So let's, uh, one of my favorite scenes is when Clarence is getting thrown through the windows, and he immediately just goes, Dick Jones! It's fucking Dick Jones! <laughs> hey, man, I'm protected. What are you doing? Clarence Bodiger, <laughs> you are under arrest. You have the right to remain silent. <laughs> Fuck you! Ah! No! Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute! I'm protected, man. I've got protection! You have the right to an attorney? What is this shit? God damn it! God damn it! Listen to me! Listen to me, you fuck! There's another guy! He's a he's OCP, he's the senior president! Anything you say may be used against you. It's dead! You cocksucker! I work for Dick Jones! Dick Jones! He's the number two guy at OCP! OCP runs the cops! You're a cop! Cop! Yes. I am a cop. I mean, that's another telling thing about the character. Yeah. He'll turn in whoever. He doesn't give a shit. shit. He doesn't give a shit. He's looking out for number one. That's that's who he is. Exactly. Like, so. And the only reason he cares about his bad guys getting killed is because he doesn't have, there's another gun that can't help me. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 
one of one of my favorite things about the movie we mentioned it a second ago is when the dude does like melt in the toxic waste. You didn't need to have that in this movie. It's like a but total yeah. Thank God they did. <laughs> like, it's the, yeah, it's the only part in the movie where I'm like, well, that doesn't belong. But it doesn't matter. The movie is established in this crazy world so much that even though that scene should take you out of the movie and probably fuck everything up, it nope. don't. I mean, it just makes it more awesome. You're just yeah. giving me more of what I like. Thank you, RoboCop. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then when he just, so he comes there and, you know, we get the baby food scene where he can't shoot. And that right there is where Paul Verhoeven wanted a love scene. <laughs> I love Paul Verhoeven talking about it. He's like, well, you know, I'm European. So I thought, oh, they've got to get together. So he had the writers make a whole nother draft. And when they turned it in, he's just like, well, this is shit. Let's go back to the original. <laughs> and the writer has said who worked the, he wrote this whole movie of like, this is what the Ed 209 scene is basically what he wanted to see the assholes that he worked with in production happen. He's just like, I wanted them to all get blown away. Cause they had no idea what it fucking took to make a movie they were all yuppies who just wanted the bottom line of making money. And so he said when he got to Paul Verhoeven, he's like, what do you mean? Like, you agreed to this script one. And that's not the point. Why would Robocop hook up with her? What? He, he loved his wife. And like, that's not what this movie's about. No, like, it's, it's not. not what this movie's about. Like, if anything, it should be about deepening their partner. Like, yeah. They need to become well, that's what it's partners about. again. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. She's helping him, not because she loves him, because it's that's her partner. Yeah, and that's what this movie is about. It's not yeah. a sexual partner. It is a partner in work, your work partner. Like, yeah, in a way, he kind of like, Robocop kind of protects her because she, bullets will kill her. Yeah. I don't remember what he does though, but he like sends her off to just handle like one of them one right. at a time, right? Yeah. And she ends up getting the one guy And he she she gets shot then. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. But I'm a mess, Murphy. <laughs> They'll fix you. They fix anything. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. But uh yeah, when Clarence and him are fighting, um I I explained this to you at the beginning and behind the scenes, uh when he stabs him with that, I don't know, sharp USB stick. I don't know what. Yeah, the fuck basically that is. his yeah USB in his hand. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and which isn't even attached to him. That's a whole robotic hand, and that's why it like comes off. And the puppeteers were like, "It's so funny," because they're like, "Why we didn't record ourselves doing that?" You know, like is beyond me because he's like everyone would have cracked up it's so absurd looking yeah but when we saw it on camera like holy shit it worked yeah like it looks awesome like it <laughs> fucking works but he stabs clearance in the throat when he pulls it out that is two gallons of blood coming out in a few seconds yeah and it paul, just spurts on him and paul yeah paul verhogan is like oh i did that because i knew they'd watch that and they're like there's no way you're getting this past anything you know, and he's like, well, I was going to give them all the violence at 11 so I could at least get it at 7. You know, he's like, I'm going to go way over the top so then I can get away with it. And he's like, I can't believe it. They complained about so much in this movie. But that scene, they're like, fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's he's like he's holding his neck and he's spraying yeah. crazy like out of his... <laughs> 
fucking jugular and it's awesome and it's such a satisfying bad guy death but there is there is a director's cut to this movie i have not seen that um it is slightly longer and there is slightly more violence in well, the that's movie. the 10 extra seconds of Ed 209 blowing away the yuppie. Well, and uh, Murphy's death is longer, too, in uh, the director's cut. It's longer? Yes. And it, you just see more. Jesus. And it's, and it's brutal. It's brutal. You see more with, like, the arm and the hand. Um, but, the, yeah, the director's cut is longer. Oh, okay. I have seen it. It's this one. On oh, the director's okay. cut. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mur- so this is I I I watched this one because I didn't have it in VHS like you. Okay, yeah, this is fucking madness. I thought this was the theater cut. No, I mean the theatrical cut. All of it's still there for the most part. It's just trimmed. Uh, Ed two hundred nineteen, I think, is trimmed. Mostly, it's Murphy's death that's trimmed. But yeah, the Clarence's death, nothing. It's the same in both oh, cuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, so I'm talking about. I watched the the Peter Weller death murphy where it's long it's so fucking brutal yeah it's uh let's see the run times here i don't even think there's there's a difference of one minute in the director's case so it's only one minute of extra footage because the yuppie i thought the yuppie getting shot up in this one was really long because i was laughing i'm like this thing goes on forever it still does in the theatrical one though too like it's still it's like probably (laughs) one extra second of it or whatever but like uh it's 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 funny, there is a director's cut and there is more footage or whatever, but there's very little change from the theatrical yeah, to the director. They're, so they're both extraordinarily violent. Because I, I have the, the version I I guess I watch when I watch Robocop, I have the the Steelbook uh, DVD that has the director's cut on it. Yeah, so that's remember, the one I watch. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah uh, that's the one I watch. But like I figured for the the... You know, well, for the podcast, we were going to watch the VHS, but I figured it should be, like, the theatrical one that I watch for this because, like, I wanted to compare because I've seen them both so much. Well, Uh, I almost always, we almost both, almost always watch the VHSs, uh, sometimes time constraints. I really thought I had this movie on VHS, and it shocked me because I looked and I go, well, I have the second one. What's funny is if we ever do the series, the only one I don't have on VHS is two. So <laughs> you have two and I have three. So if we ever wanted to go yeah. through this whole series, we could. I don't know how that happens because I know I had the first one at one time. But, I, you know, it, it's tough. I lose these VHSs. Uh, not anymore. I've become much like I people who borrow them now, which are very few. Um, I write down their name of what they have. Oh, yeah. If I have stuff that's out of the house, yeah. I know what's not there. And if I borrow yours, I never mix them with mine. Ever. Um, I've even got one years I've had since, like, October in the front. And I it will... Sarah's mentioned that. Why is this up here? Keep forgetting to watch it. And two, it's Matt's. Not mixed <laughs> with mine because that's, that's a recipe for disaster. That's right. I'll be like, where's my crush groove? Because that's the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I know. Because I keep track of who has what. Uh, but... Uh, which, anyway. by the way, take your time. I don't need it for anything. I keep forgetting. I don't, I don't need Crush Groove right now. So you can make yeah. it till next October. I think we're still going to be friends. So <laughs> you almost guarantee it unless you like move. Yeah. And then I'll be like, you're done to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, like uh, this is just this is one. It exists in two versions, but it is. You get you get the point either way. <laughs> so I guess we can get into like the universe that this has created. One, do you remember the NES games? 
No. They suck. As typical movie yeah. games at that time did. And believe this or not, I be- I remember the third one being the best. The game? Yeah. The third. Definitely not the movie. Um, Sorry, Fred. Uh, I know you listen to us. <laughs> so, Fred Decker, for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about. Everybody knows. Yeah. I, love, I love the third one unabashedly. I love it. <laughs> the writer fucking best joke in this whole thing is the writer um this is a panel he was doing and his joke was well as long as we don't make him we don't give him a rocket pack or we don't put ninjas in this it, the movie will be fine and he goes and then the third one did both <laughs> <laughs> oh god love it i love uh, it Fr- fred takes complete um he's just like that's all my fault rocket uh, pack my idea ninjas my idea and you movie, know my fault <laughs> you know what for people like me that love it, that's what it's for. It's for the fans that it like it got to. Um, but yeah, no, I never played any of those games. Yeah, they're not good. Uh, my friend and I, college, decide. I don't know why we decided. We decided to get all three of the RoboCop emulators and play them and gave up real quick. They're like, these games fucking suck. <laughs> they're so bad. Uh, but the third one has a rocket pack, which works because that's what you want in, in a video a game. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I, I, they sort of follow the movie. But I remember the second one just being wacky, just like the movie. Like the, like the movie, just wackadoo nonsense. Or, <laughs> and the whole reason of that is because of the writer's strike. Yeah. They had to get someone outside of Hollywood, so they get Frank Miller. Oh, yeah, and you get a fucking Frank Miller RoboCop, which is just... There would be no RoboCop, though, without Dark Knight Returns. We didn't even talk about that. That's true. How much that this movie is kind of influenced by Dark Knight Returns. And because this movie... This is really funny. So this movie's influenced by Dark Knight Returns. And Batman was only made because of this RoboCop. movie. RoboCop, right. Yes, they need each other. Yeah. And thank God. Like, thank... Because yeah. I love all those things. I love Dark Knight Returns. I love RoboCop. And I love the first Batman. So that is a wavelength that I have lived on. So, like... The film gods were smiling on us. Yes. And then the fun little tidbit is when they made Dark Knight Returns into an animated movie, they got Peter Weller to be Batman. Yeah. Which is genius. Genius. Like, <laughs> how does this... It's so woven perfectly yes, together. and it's just all things I love put together. <laughs> it is a tapestry omat for me. <laughs> and then we can talk about the animated series. Yes. There was a cartoon series because, of course, RoboCop. Kids. <laughs> Let's make it an animated series. He's uh, got guns, just like G.I. Joe. RoboCop, the future of law enforcement was the name of the show. It's uh, a terrible title. It, but it's a fun show. Just make it RoboCop, the animated series. <laughs> Why? I mean... Do we have to get like the whole fucking? Had you had you seen any of it? I barely. I believe it only lasted like a season? one season. I think so. Maybe twenty episodes. Yeah, something like that. It's fun though. It'd be worth revisiting. Well, yeah, I I have not seen it in a long time, and I probably haven't seen every episode. That's for sure. But I do remember the toys. And I had the toys. I actually just yeah. recently sold them all. Um, I had the toys from the RoboCop animated series. The friend um, at school had Ed 209. And he brought that to school one day. And it was just, he instantly became one of the coolest kids right. ever. Right. Weren't those toys fucking dope? Like uh, RoboCop? Wow. RoboCop where you take the helmet off and it had the face underneath and everything. Yeah. Oh. As- genius these toys were fucking awesome <laughs> and she, i love how like she, orion you're you're a genius and savage at the same time because 
This movie should not get toys at all. Yeah, but it did. It had a toy line, and they were awesome. <laughs> and RoboCop 2 had toys. Yes. And that movie is not for kids. RoboCop 2 is the toy line where parents really flipped out. Yeah, I guess. I guess I guess I kind of see it. Like, it... Because it feels like 2 is sort of made for kids, but has the ultraviolence... Well, it the has first... a kid in the... Fr- it's like a the lead character right like the first one never said it was for kids the second one is almost saying hey kids want to see some carnage <laughs> so my mom never watched the first one with us um but we rented it uh, my dad got it for us and my dad never watched it with us no just go to the basement whatever yeah uh, my that's who my parents were is let the vhs babysit them for the love of god we have four boys they're insane just give us one hour of peace. Yeah. And they got it. Uh, the second one, my mom brought us to the movie. She had no idea what she was getting into. She's like, oh, he's a robot cop. He's stopping the bad guys. They've got toys of them because my mom, I mean, we beg every time we went to Walmart. And like, please, for the love of God. We have to get this yeah. RoboCop. Toy. My life will be <laughs> over <laughs> without have, RoboCop. You can put the gun in his leg. We have to have it. <laughs> Uh, he can fight the Ninja Turtles. He'll be <laughs> awesome. Who will win in a fight? Of course, the Turtles would win. Now, I'd be like, oh, the Turtles would get fucked up. <laughs> but uh, she brought us into this after a baseball game and was mortified. Yeah, because it's fucking nuts, the second movie. I could call my mom right now. She could be on this podcast, and she still remembered it. This is the funny thing that we always just tease her about. Is we were like, why didn't you just pick us up and leave the theater? And her, her, she has no answer. She's like, I, you know, I already paid for the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. My mom was so Midwest that she could get food that she didn't order and she would eat it politely. Yes. Like she would not send it back. Yes. That's what we're like. That's yeah. what we're like from the Midwest. We have <laughs> my to be mom like that. just like no conflict. I can't <laughs> ask for my money back on a ticket. Uh, but I was like, Mom, they would have given you the money back. You'd been like, Why did you let my kids walk into this? Why did you let me take them? <laughs> and then the third one is PG thirteen. Then, then it's safe again. Oh, even when the I remember that one. Um, uh, my, oh, I saw that in the theater too. My parents are awful. <laughs> But that one, but even the best. A, yeah. <laughs> but even my my little kid self was like, "Oh, this is bad." Yeah, I remember the RoboCop three was the first one I saw because it was on uh, TV when I was a little kid, and so I just watched that shit on repeat. And that's probably where I grew to love this movie. And then I I went back later, and you know, not much later, I was still like a kid when I saw the original RoboCop. But uh, I had to kind of work backwards a little bit uh, with the series. Because uh, I saw three all the time as a kid. I also had the, some of the comic books. Remember the comic books? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had some of those. I wasn't a big. I wasn't a big comic book guy, but I had like some of my favorites. I had some Batman. I had some X Men. I had some RoboCop. I had some Spawn. I had like my favorites, and I had some. I had some RoboCop books. Yeah, it was just really weird. The Terminator, the Aliens, the Predator, the RoboCop. Uh, I don't know if Dark Horse did all of them. But it just seems like something Dark Horse. Yeah, Dark Horse had their hands in all um, those. Uh, well, definitely franchises. Predator and Alien. Yeah, but I can't. Remember. I think no. I think both of the. They do RoboCop also. Yeah, the, at least the original, like yeah. the '90s run, yeah. was Dark Horse of uh, both Terminator and RoboCop. 
They didn't give a fuck. They were doing some nasty shit. And all I remember is the comic book shop that I had by my house. That's when they could actually still survive. Um, well, they kind of can now, but it's basically 30-year-old men keeping Yeah, it's alive. like a collector's market yeah. now, sort of. I used to walk in, and their genius way to keep the super violent films, or super violent comic books away from me was to put it on the fifth row. Those dipshits. I used to, t- I used to take the little plastic, like, kind of chicken wire tower down lean it and then grab the comic books <laughs> off it and like, then they're like well you got it you can buy it yeah right and so you've you've already seen it so damage done <laughs> right, i'll never be able to get them on the fifth shelf <laughs> that little fucker it's uh yeah no uh i i was i was i was all in on robocop as a kid though too oh yeah. the movies yeah. the comic books the, i never played the games but i had the toys the animated series I was into, like, I, I was all in on RoboCop. I remember when the um, theater that we used to live by got the RoboCop pinball machine. Oh, nice. I've played the RoboCop pinball before. I, I wasted so much money. <laughs> and I'm really bad at pinball. I love pinball. I'm, yeah, I don't know if I'm good at it, but I love pinball. Yeah, I, I don't get, like, why I was upset. Like, I like to play pinball, but I'm not good at it. You, you probably like me, how I fell into liking pinball so much is you really like the branding probably i went yeah for, yeah i played like the shadow uh pinball oh. and like you know i i loved the branding of the movie so like and then i got super into playing pinball <laughs> yeah so um uh wow i just forgot thing. Uh, mark hamill had like a little show maybe on amc where he would go to like he would just go to nerd stuff you know dc mm-hmm. comics and everything he has a pinball episode where a collector who has like the most pinball machines ever, the private owner and everything, the Shadow Pinball Machine is a huge collector's item. It's super fun too. They have it yeah. at uh, Emporium here. Super fun. Yeah, one of one of the most fun branded pinballs for sure. I yeah, uh, I'm really surprised because that's a really hard one to get. So they paid a pretty penny for that. Or somebody luckily had it. Yeah, or whatever that, collection you know. they kind of came yeah. from, maybe they had it already. Because as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I know I've played that, and yeah. that's probably where I played as Emporium. Yeah, you know? yeah, so. they have they have it there. Um, so go to Emporium, play the Shadow Pinball, <laughs> and Emporium if you want to give me a free beer. I mean, we're helping you out. Yeah, right. They used to give me free beer when I would host there, <laughs> Logan Square, folks, Logan Square. Um, but uh, uh, we we will be getting. It sounds like a new RoboCop now uh should we talk about the reboot well we're supposedly getting we were just talking about it in the last episode like a dropped in the middle sequel uh or ignoring the other sequels type yeah sequel. it's it's after the first one correct uh and it's the old ed newmeyer and michael minor script for mm-hmm. robocop returns that they have dug up the corporate wars and they're gonna just make and neil Blomkamp is supposed to direct which i am all in on because he's like probably my favorite like modern sci-fi director um i think all three of his movies are masterpieces um well yeah like it sucks too because they were writing and they were doing the like whole 25 years later which is funny so their script kind of was like before it's time yeah they said they were doing like 25 years later and it was going to be corporate wars and they had on the special dvd that i have or blu-ray that came out like four years ago actually no 2004 five years ago uh, they mentioned, they're like, yeah, we've considered getting... They did this like little look over each other, like, we've considered getting together and hashing this out for fun. 
And it sounds like it's going to happen now. Yeah, because okay. at the time, they were about to do the, the reboot, which is... I've seen the reboot. Can't tell you anything about it. It's fine. I saw it. I didn't see it in theaters because, like, I didn't care. <laughs> we talked about that in the last episode. I was like, I don't need to see a reboot of RoboCop. When it came out on video, I rented it, and it's fine. Michael Keaton's great in it, as you would expect. He's oh, the, shit. I forgot he was he's in the, he's, uh, he's basically a combination of the old man and Bob Morton in one character. Um, okay. And it's, he's, he's having fun. He's, yeah. he's playing it. He said... Uh, uh, Michael Keaton said that he was playing it as Steve Jobs really was, not this like saint of Steve Jobs who we've made him out yeah. to be. So he was like, I'm going to play this as like a nasty Steve Jobs. And he's fun in the role. Uh, I worked with a, a man who 66 um, last year who personally worked under Steve Jobs and said he was awful. Yeah. So that's what Michael Keaton's playing yeah. in the movie. So it's, that's fun to watch. And uh, the the sort of rebuilding of RoboCop is pretty good in the new one, but it's unnecessary. It's just another PG-13 remake of a movie that didn't need a remake. <laughs> but this new one sounds very exciting, and I hope it happens. Yeah, I mean, the original writers, they kind of... Like, it's hard to write this, like, cynical, mocking... I, I don't even know how to call what they're... They're just mocking. But... Uh, like not mocking like scary movie mocks horror movies it's satire yeah it's not funny haha you know but it's like i guess mocking like the intelligent mocking is satire yeah and that's what this these movies are and i'm very curious because it's gonna be they're working off a script from the 80s but it's supposed to be yeah. more modern so i'm curious how this is going to translate but i feel like it's going to work really well uh yeah so they explain the story of what happened is that when they were working on the script and the writer's strike happened, they had to give everything that they were working on to Orion. They were not allowed to touch those pages because they were part of the union. Mm. And the union's like, if you get caught writing this movie for Orion, you will never work in Hollywood again. I mean, that was a threat back then. Yeah. I don't know if that, you know, would have actually happened. Who right. knows? Whatever. You know, unions and sending their little thugs. Yeah whatever i'm not getting into all that i but um <laughs> i love how they go to frank miller and he's like yeah fuck it yeah i'll write a script for you whatever. see what i could turn out and then we get robocop too um yeah yeah no it's it, it's a it's a pretty expansive franchise like this turned into something yeah it's in fact it, basically the fans took over it at yeah. a certain point yeah because after three it's like, well, this franchise is done. And it was so popular. It's such momentum 20-something years later that they created the, the reboot, which no one wanted. Yeah. No one wanted a reboot. We want a sequel. Yeah. We want more RoboCop. And now it sounds and, like that's what we're going to yeah. get. Maybe. Maybe. I do wonder if this is all because of Halloween 2018. Thank God. Thank God. This is what we need for all these franchises. I don't want to see any fucking more remakes. I already just do have another, it. Just do, do another sequel. sequel. Just give me another sequel. I don't fucking care where it ends up in the timeline. Just do another sequel. Yeah, the, the Predator didn't work out. Which, uh, did I tell you I bought that for $5 at Best Buy? No. They had Special it for $5. Special edition. $5. Wow, that's hilarious. You could hear me walking all over my shelves. I got the Predator Special Directors, I don't know, whatever they call it. Five dollars. 
Was there any good bonus stuff? I haven't even opened it. Well, you know how that is. I just buy it, and then I'm like, oh, I'll get to it in a year. Yeah, that's a fucking me too. That's a, that's my disease. Yeah. <laughs> but for $5, the hunt has evolved. Honestly, I only bought this because I saw it has commentary on it with Fred Decker, and I think... I thought I had commentary on it, but maybe I guess I'm remembering wrong. I don't see anything on there that says commentary. No, but Fox. there's but there's a bunch of uh, featurettes, yeah. though, so that'll be fun to dig in on. Well, they had to get some... I'm sure they wanted to at first sell this for $20, and they're like, no one's fucking buying this. No, nobody wants this. No, no only collectors like me. Yeah, and I'm going to buy it because I have the other ones. Fuck. And, <laughs> and I put another uh, like <laughs> DVD on top of blu-ray on top of it because i was embarrassed that i was playing it <laughs> okay so that will end the robocop um next week we're going to be doing another paul verhogan uh i guess i'll keep it secret sure <laughs> this one matt picked out um matt's probably you're going to get the next uh, probably a whole another month but because i mean i've been picking them out putting special guests on and all right, yeah, I'll take a look and see what else we can you know, kick through with. Uh... You've you've gone total carnage. Yes, I went with I went with chaos here. Yeah. Um, I knew I, I I literally actually just told uh, told told Steve I wanted to watch RoboCop because I I was gonna watch it again. I just like knew I was gonna mm-hmm. watch it again. It was there was no reason for it. There wasn't. It was, it was just time. I just hadn't seen it in a long time. I knew I was gonna watch it. I was like, do you want to do RoboCop? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? I just looked over and saw. The budget for this is $13 million. Wow. It looks so much bigger than that. I know. But I mean, $13 million in 87 was probably pretty high. But still. this looks like, like a $50 million yeah. movie in the 80s. Yeah, this is a huge movie. Which would be like, you know, Ishtar level. That <laughs> fucking movie. You ever seen Ishtar? No, I've never seen it, no. Yeah, just burn it. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I don't need to. I don't need to. Life's no, too short. But it's basically, it looks like Dick Tracy level money. Yeah. Where you're just, they just went, you know fucking crazy with it and this one they're like no man we barely got this movie out because <laughs> they spent like a million dollars on the suit it looks and good yeah it, it looks fucking awesome money <laughs> money well spent yes i i would say so all right that will end it with us uh you can listen to us on itunes youtube podbean whatever you want uh you can connect with us personally uh, by you know just emailing us at analog jones tof at gmail and also facebook uh-huh. hey, we, we have a, we have a little facebook group so yeah. join on in and uh, come and talk with us about your favorite vhs's yeah all of them especially when it's robocop well, or yeah. robocop 2 eventually we'll get to that yes and robocop 3 so we can just talk about how much i fucking love that movie <laughs> and i can talk to him about how much he's wrong uh who knows i'll probably get a laugh out of that but when you kill um lois lewis when you kill lewis we have a problem yeah ballsy move my mom still won't watch that movie today because they killed lewis <laughs> little does she know i'm pretty sure the actress wanted them to kill her so yeah she they're like, i don't want to do a movie. robocop 4 <laughs> yeah. so okay Uh, we'll, you know, connect with you next week. Remember to be kind. Rewind.